Hey team, welcome to the GST Compete podcast. It's been a little while since we dropped an episode, but we're back. Today we go through a little bit about the history of GST Compete and the programming side of things and how it's evolved over the years as well. So hopefully you get a little bit of a better understanding about what we do and why we do it. We've also dropped the dates for our second regional season. The first event is on the 3rd of September. Remember, these events aren't just for GST Compete athletes, they are for everyone. We'll be releasing the dates for all of the events. So we've got four events for the next regional season and they'll be dropping on our social media channels in the next week as well. But make sure to get that first event blocked out in your calendar so you can come along. Remember, we've got regions all through the UK, Scotland, Wales, South East, South West, Midlands, North, East, and also in Denmark. If you're not sure what your nearest region is or how to get involved, drop us a message and we'll help you out. Okay, so that's super exciting. Really excited to get this next season up and running. Let's get stuck in today's podcast though. I'm sat here on edge. Horror film for Steve. Yeah. <laughs> Ever want to put Steve off? Just chew in front of him, very yeah. loud. You, you won't put me off. You'll just get floored. You would never get a response. You get slapped to the deck. <laughs> you get to the wait, wait. Phil, wow, wow. Phil is just about to slurp some milk as well. So, yep. Oh, he's got it from the oops aisle. Oh, whoops. Oops. Oops. Right, when you shop at M and S. M and S. Right. Are you good? Are you finished? Are you good? All right, right. we're good. <laughs> we can get stuck in now. 20 right. minutes later. So today we're going to go through the why we program the way that we do. So when I say the why, GST compete, how we write GST athlete. Um, after that point, we're just going to go through briefly the different programs that we do. It's just to give people a better idea of how everything works, fits together. And if you're on GST athlete, um, how to follow that program and what happens in certain scenarios specific. Specifically today we're going to go through if you're a master what to do and if you have a competition coming up what to do as well. Right. Sweet. Let's go. Let's go. Here we go. Right, so first things first. Why, why have we written JST Compete and now specifically JST Athlete the way that we do. So, brief overview, it's annually periodized to peak for the Open, mm-hmm. slash kind of quarterfinals now. Yeah, Easter uh, time of the year, now. Yes. So, why do we do that? Why did you start off doing this? Um, so, yeah, so obviously we've been, we've been writing, you know, the GST Compete programs like this since 2013, it's probably when it all, all started, so, good nine years of a sport now um, and it was a lot simpler back in that time because there weren't competitions every weekend like you can go and compete now and decent level competitions at that as well um, the main competitions you had you had the open which was the end of, end of mm-hmm. Feb and then you had regionals which was roughly May and then there was maybe like one other like national level comp- level competition, London Throwdown, Battle London, changed its name about fifteen hundred times. Mm-hmm. Um, and other than that, there wasn't too many other options out there, which was which made it really easy to to identify 
when you want to be in the best shape possible and when you can take some time off. So when you want to be in season and when you can be off season. Um, so that's just naturally how the programme started and um, we, we followed that structure of in season around again like Easter-ish time where mm-hmm. it's the open and now quarterfinals and off season was, was after that uh, until back round to the next year. Um, so we've kept that and that works really well because I found anyway that obviously the levels have gone higher now but you'd find um, that people just could keep really structured with their with the training mm-hmm. um, and there wasn't as much kind of like burnout in terms of like competition burnout because there wasn't as many options that you could just like you could dive in and like you'd get roped into turf games last minute or you know competition next weekend from kettle black here because I've got four competitions <laughs> coming up this, this year um, but it's just like it's easier to keep a structure and it was easier uh, in, in terms of programming and better in terms of programming to make sure that you can just keep developing year round if there was only like a certain block say three to four months of the year where you were really focusing on being in your best shape uh, and then you could learn from all the competitions like the Open or Regionals or any other competition you've done in that period and then you could build on that and improve on that, iron out any weaknesses, keep building up your strengths for the next season. Um, what we find is if there's, if you're always just looking to like compete every month or every two months, you don't get that like longer term development or you don't get the opportunity to go through longer term development um, like you would if you just had that three months in the year that you were that you were focusing on. So obviously it kind of happened with how the season used to be, mm-hmm. but where else did you kind of take that inspiration uh, from? Because your university you did sports coaching, wasn't it? Yeah. So did you take something from there and then apply it? And then obviously with the season it kind of fit together, or yeah, but it's just like if if you let's say you're look. Say we've got this person A, and they need to build strength. Um, and I was that probably that person A for a lot of the time. I needed to get stronger. Um, you don't get stronger in just like a month of a one month squat cycle, and then like you're good to go again. Like you need a prolonged period of time where you maybe have to accept that I'm not going to be um, like peak fitness for a CrossFit competition, because you have to step back and you have to put more channel more of your energy and your time into focusing on these weaknesses and when you when you go through that period you, you'll go through like when you first go for like a month or so of focusing on your weaknesses your overall fitness levels and how you are as an athlete overall just decreases because you've only been work, working your weaknesses for a month so they've not got that much better you've not really pushed on too much of like if your strength was conditioning then you've not really touched too much on your conditioning, so you've not really been working your strength. So like you're a month in and you're actually at a worse level than you were a month before. Yeah. You need to continue with you know, that longer period of time where you're working on that until it gets to the point where your weakness rises and then you can rise up your strengths uh, as well. So like if you just try to do like a really short off season, you're likely to be in a worse position than you are than if you didn't have an off season yeah. at all. Yeah. So that's why like a twelve month uh, phase just gives like that longer period of time. And if I'm being like really picky, we've spoken about this quite a lot. If you extended that to twenty four months, and there's a lot of examples out there, 
where you went two years round, like I think you'd see way better development in athletes. Examples being like, if you think of people who have like, you know, games athletes who've maybe missed out on games qualification, it's opened up like three or four extra months for the following year. Mm-hmm. Lucas Hogberg being an example, he missed out games qualification, following year came third at the games. Briggsy missed out games qualification 2012, no, sorry, missed out, she was injured 2012, mm-hmm. won the games 2013. Rasmus Anderson was an example, I can't remember the years, but he did the same thing. There's a lot of people who have gone, like, had like a step back, whether it was an injury or missed out, and it's just opened up, giving them so much more time to get themselves in a better position for the following year. Um, if anyone's gone through a full CrossFit game season, it's not actually that long from when the no. games finishes first week of August ish mm-hmm. and then yeah. you've got end of August and then it's like September so we're in like month nine mm-hmm. and then you've got three months until January and it's like oh opens oh, yeah. around the corner yeah, exactly. and it really isn't like that's a short that's what I'm talking about a short off season and if you've got that major was, witnesses as well yeah exactly and that was like that was me in 2016 I felt like I was constantly on catch up I still need to improve things like well, overall strength deadlift strength try to like cram it all and get as much as possible done in three months and then it was just like quick turnaround and before I know it I'm back in like regionals preparation um, so yeah the longer the, the time that we have away from competition doesn't mean that we can't compete mm-hmm. and we'll touch on that I guess later on but the focus towards being in best physical shape only comes around like yearly in like a two to three month uh, block. Yeah. I think that's that's super important for people to know, but also I guess the next thing, and like you said, we'll touch on it a little bit later in more detail, but how do people then decide, say for example, they may never get to the games because yeah. they're balancing a normal job. It's kind of that, at which point do you then say, right, I'm going to focus this year on doing, you know, X, Y, Z competition or I guess kind of picking which, you know, events you're going to do. Do you at any point look not at the long term, but at the shorter term? Um, Yeah, I think it's, um, I think actually speak to a lot of the athletes on uh, our programme. they have goals and competitions, but I think more people are, they follow our program because they're more involved in the process of getting better. Yeah. And that's what you, and you'll get, you will get better and over like a longer period of time when you follow training like this. Mm-hmm. Um, like athletes, they, they, wanna, they wanna feel like they're developing, seeing improvements, improving in like different areas of the game. Um, and I feel like, you know, that's what people are attracted to and that's what keeps like the motivation like the community is always buzzing everyone kind of like buys into what the certain focus is of that month and then uh, that's kind of what keeps people you know going gone i do i do really agree with you though because especially this week weekend for example everyone that's there is probably you know rx at the competition they're mm-hmm. not like high level athletes or anything but they're always buzzing to get to those training days to you know PB because they've not had the chance to hit a max for you know a phase or two. Yeah. They want to see where they are. Like it's it's funny. I feel like the 
GST community has developed more from a few years ago where it was a little bit more about, oh, I've got to get to regionals or I've got to get to this competition yeah. to now, and like we preach, it's more about the process than the outcome. Yeah. And that's really helped the community grow. And when we see people at the regional events, the training days, you can really feel that as well. But right, I've not been putting the work in over this past phase or two. Let's, it's time to fill your boots today. Yeah, and here's the, the other spanner in the works as well. When you're talking about how effective, like getting into the peak fitness condition for a CrossFit competition is, is that the everyday person, um, like who's got jobs, kids, and got to juggle other things in their life, like at that, like going through phases of training, like prolonged phases of training where they're trying to be at at that peak fitness and they're doing like CrossFit workouts, the CrossFit workout and lifting under fatigue and doing high skill exercises with a high heart rate. Like that type of training is is gonna be really tough for those people to like get themselves like motivated to do and also like the effect in terms of like the fatigue and uh, how much recovery they'd need from that type of training is also increased as well. Um, so because the majority of the GST athlete year round is, is focused on like developing certain areas. It means that they can develop better and then perform better if they are then chucked into that situation mm -hmm. rather than just trying to train like that all of the time. Yeah. Um, like we know what we put like high skill exercises or like relatively high skill exercises of some people that might be a, um, a handstand push up, others it might be a legless rope climb. There's the levels in there that people can choose so that they're always hitting those higher skill movements um, in the way that they need to, mm -hmm. to keep developing that ex exercise. Yeah. Um, if we didn't do that and we just chucked those into a, into a workout, some people might survive, some people might find it was great, might get a great response of it, but for a large portion of the people on the programme, that, that skill will just crash and burn. Yeah. They'll get demotivated from it a little bit. They won't get much better. They might get pick up little niggles because they're trying to do stuff under high heart rate that they've not quite got the strength or capacity to do. Um, so it's kind of like hitting your head against the wall a little bit. So again, there's another reason there. Like not everyone has the time and the effort to be able to properly peak mm -hmm. for a competition. Yeah. We talk about like proper peaking for competition. It's Easy, well, it's much it's much easier for a full time athlete to do it because they can actually set aside like splitting the training up over a day, like over, over yeah over mm -hmm. a, like, yeah you yeah, got two yeah. or three hours in between sessions like you don't have that option with a lot of people who have got full time jobs like they've got ninety minutes sixty minutes maybe like at five o'clock until six o'clock or till half six and need to get it done um, so I think I've I found this this last phase um, obviously managed to get into some good structured training again uh, but last few weeks we've had some housework being done and the pre because there's no pressure to be like hitting workouts all the time I can just at this point of year especially I can just focus on how I move just making sure what I do is with good quality and I've not got either I've not got a competition every weekend we had that one training day this weekend and I've not got one month for you know another month nearly and I can I know I 
like I pulled that 140 clean yeah. hand clean out of the bag yeah. and I've not lifted over like 125 for you know for months and it's it's one of them where it's just nice to focus on that quality take the pressure off yourself a little bit you know balance everything and you know when you do have that opportunity to fill your boots it's uh, yeah, yeah. It's and that's what and I think that's why you see so we see so many PBs at like these regionals events as well um, because we we then open up the chance for people just to go all in on a big lift, good atmosphere, then go all in with like a big hard workout, and like people can fill the boots then rather than trying to like fill the boots every single day and like yeah. just every single session yeah, burning out. Like it says develop. like heavy single people will be like, oh, that means one hour. It's like, you know what I mean? Just keep it. Yeah, just yeah. it's just heavy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that's like that's our kind of approach to, to to the program. Why we think it works best. That's what we feel like our feedback and of doing the program ourselves. Like the last nine or ten years, like that's kept us kept us going. I think we've both had times where we've dropped yeah. out of, of, of training, but um, I feel like the reason why we can get back to a relatively decent level training relatively quick is because we tra we train that way. Mm -hmm. If we when we both go back into training, say to Months ago, mm. just started banging CrossFit workouts. Yeah. I'd, like I'd, I'd, be, I'd be wrecked. Oh, yes. <laughs> I'd have the same, like with anything with six and push ups, if I'm in a workout, like, yeah. I've got to like fundamentally build them from the ground up. Yeah. And like, I just, I can't, I also don't enjoy doing CrossFit workouts all the time. Yeah. Because you feel it, like, if you did it every day. Yeah. I think it's like, this is something we've, we've, always, we've preached for a long time. It's, we've always got like that next gear to give when there's like qualifiers coming up or workouts that mean something like if we did like a workout just on like the whiteboard workout or just the tic-tac session there's probably quite a lot of people in the program that would put a better score or mm. people around the world that would probably like do better um but then just being able to consistently be at that intensity and then have that uh have Extra it in the bag to be able to step it up like the qualifier that i did on friday for example i felt like i could give it extra beans and get myself in the zone because I'm not doing it every day yeah. and it's like right this is one time on the Friday that uh, where I'm doing this qualifier where I can just fully go in the hole I'm prepared to do that because it's probably been a week or so to 10 days until I've last done it mm -hmm. so I'm not like oh I'm gonna fucking absolutely send it again today and send it <laughs> again today just been up all night and now I'm gonna send it again today <laughs> like I would just put myself like I would just fall out of love of training, I think, because you're just yeah. constantly like battering yourself, putting pressure on yourself to perform, then underperforming, and just like you just to get to me, it's not the enjoyable part of training, just like putting yourself in the hole. Yeah, structure. I think touching on what you said as well with the the niggles and all that sort of stuff as well. For me, when I was an athlete, they used to come during that kind of competition phase because yeah. you'd be spending more time, you know, hammering the workouts, pushing the intensity more. Um, and again, doing that all the year round, it's just couldn't imagine it. It's not sustainable, is it? No. Um, but I think it's important to recognise as well that this is the way we do it. Other yeah. programmes do it differently, yeah. and people kind of it's naturally have got to find and gravitate. Will gravitate towards yeah. whatever they feel like fits best um, for them as well. Yeah. So I think it maybe brings us on to the brings on to that now is saying like or well, can you compete when we're let's, let's say now when we're pretty deep into like an off season like what happens if you want to compete now or like you feel you've just gotten into like a last minute turf games at the weekend yeah. like how does that 
how should you approach yeah. training? How does that affect training? And yeah, what should you do and not do? Let's let's take some different scenarios then. Okay. Okay. So, Blackfield Road had this weekend team competition. Mm -hmm. You're one of a team of three to five. Yeah. What you're doing to change your training before you do it and after? Are you changing anything? I think the first thing you've got to decide is well, how important is it? Mm -hmm. How important is um, like this your performance at that competition? Um, if it's obviously it's always going to be like a bit important because yeah. you're in front of a lot of people and yeah. you're competing. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, it's not your be all, be all and end yeah, all like, of the season. So take filler for example. There, I think you swapped out the complex that we were doing. Uh, were we doing a clean Wednesday, complex Wednesday. or a snatch yeah. complex? Yes. And you did the complex that yeah. you found out was going to be on the Saturday. Yeah. So it's yeah. like you did a little bit of a change. Yeah. I think that was the only thing that you did, wasn't it? In, in terms yeah, literally training wise, like because I've not been doing. Tons of I've always been on JST strength fires, so I always follow strength fires with a few little add-ons on like main skills and stuff like that. But leading up to it, I did two so the normal two conditioning sessions a week. Yeah. And we did we did one extra conditioning that, probably that week or the week before. Right. And that's about it. Just with yeah. the whiteboard workouts, I kind of leading to think that Saturday I did a just a little extra push with it. Yeah. And like with training, just try to get a little bit more intensity out of it, but didn't really. Because I knew with the stuff that were coming up, it's the stuff I'm kind of good at. Yeah. Like any erg stuff, running, that was basically all it was really, erg stuff running. Yeah. There was two lifts, sandbag where it's all teamwork, but didn't yeah. really change anything. So as a priority, how important was it? As in probably one of the least priority yeah. um, comps I've done, yeah. but the highest we've placed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, came second. Um, I feel like just because of the individuals we had on our team, yeah. and um, a few was pulled out of the bag on some of the workouts, but it was like one of those. I'd, coming into it, I wasn't wasn't feeling feeling any pressure or anything like that, but um, I knew I could dig, and like it was just recovery yeah. in between session, in between the the workouts. Kind of, I've kind of kind of uh, pulled out of the bag kind of last few months of like mm -hmm. prepping for comps or prepping for training. Like electrolytes is a big thing for me. Like I always used to cramp up a lot. <laughs> like high rocks are cramped up both times when I did that. That's only an hour. Um, so it's just getting everything right. So then obviously coming to my next competition that I do do, I'm kind of settled into that. Yeah. So you kind of use use turf games then as a way to like upskill yourself in terms of like executing the competitions, but in terms of your training and following the program, like you probably say five to ten percent of the last week has yeah. just been adjusted yeah. slightly yeah it started friday evening right the competition yeah. so friday got missed obviously yeah. saturday got missed because yeah. you're competing then as well yeah so there's two days out of the program there that have swapped like mm -hmm. been been changed yeah, he changed a little bit of the lifting on the wednesday and then we're back to it uh, on the monday i did a competition on da, 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 two weeks a few weeks yeah. ago yeah um same thing, it was a Saturday competition. The pairs. Friday I missed, yeah, it was a pairs comp. The Friday I missed because we were traveling. Um, I did uh, the main thing, it was a, so it was the deadlifts that was on, the supposed to be on the Friday, I did them earlier in the week mm -hmm. because I didn't want to not do them because yeah, it's yeah. quite a priority for me to keep on top of as the deadlifts. Um, so I did them early in the week so that I could recover for them for the competition and uh, then everything else on the Friday and the Saturday just just didn't do. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then back to it on the Monday. Um, and this is probably the next thing is the Monday I just kept things chilled, 
kept myself moving. Didn't want to. Didn't want the competition to interrupt like a full week and then have to mm. take a rest week. Um, just kept myself moving. Hit the lower percentages. Hit the lower set ranges so that I still could keep on track with the program, but still let my body like flush out and recover from the competition. Um, and then by the time I got to like the Wednesday. Changed it. Changed the squat day to Wednesday, didn't Yeah, I moved the squats to yeah. the Wednesday so I could hit them properly. Yeah. Um, and by the time I got to that Wednesday, I felt like I was um, back in line. So there was a bit of an interruption, mm -hmm. and that's what I've got to accept and take responsibility of because I decided to do a competition. But I've not changed the full week before, or the full weeks before, and the full week after. So it's not interrupted like three weeks of my training. It was maybe a week at most. Um, in the end of, of the week of yeah. the training, yeah. Yeah. I think, he, so the key thing you said before that is prioritising, you know, how important is it? Yeah. So those were probably, you know, for you two, pretty, they're not, they're not yeah. too important, are they? Yeah. They're pretty low priority. Good to get some experience for yourself, Steve, because it's yeah. been... A long time. Since you've been It's um, been 84 years. <laughs> <laughs> so let's look to like maybe the next kind of level up so yeah. it could be a bigger national level competition it might still be in a team or individually let's take for example um we had ragnarok this weekend battle yeah. for middle ground type competition which yeah. was starting to like we're up a level from what we did this yeah. year mm -hmm. it's, it's, maybe it's individual it's smaller teams a bit more at stake maybe there's a bit more prize money like it's naturally going to mean a little bit more to people, um, yeah, and you're hitting that, but it's also off season, mm. so you've got to you've got to figure out then, like right, I still want to do well, mm. um, but again, it's not the be all and end all, um, and as a general rule, then you've got to kind of so if I just said then for the last that purse compiled, it probably disrupted a week's worth of my training. Mm. It's probably going to disrupt a bit larger amount of time yeah. maybe two weeks of training the week prior or the couple of weeks prior and the week after as well um i think at first you've got to come to terms with that you got to, you got to identify like how important the competition is mm -hmm. and then you've got to come to terms right the, the more important it is the more this will disrupt my training yeah. and that's okay and if you accept that you, it's probably going to disrupt your training even less because you're yeah. just going to like align your behaviors like to to go along with what you're doing in training yeah. as well. So with uh, Georgia did it, and we just made sure that the volume the week before was a little bit lower. So following you know lower set kind of ranges that sort of stuff, um, and exactly like you said with Philroy, like you did Philroy, just swapping in workouts instead of the like the tic tac session as an example yeah. um for potential yeah. well yeah, so, basic, I alternated, so i didn't do the the time and attention session i did um different movements that were in the workout so yeah. that was in the competition just to get my kind of stimulus ready for that yeah so i hadn't used like a lighter sandbag for a while so it's going a bit bit of a faster pace mm -hmm. just acknowledging that changing a few workouts that might be in your program yeah to different movements that probably going to take around the same time that should have been in it yeah that was exactly thing i also did and then I think accepting the week after that for a couple of days, especially with Ragnarok, it's quite a lot of events. Fucking hell! I thought there was an error on the, lead, <laughs> no, on the competition. Quite me. 
because I, I thought at first it was a one day event, and then it's yeah. like, oh, they've done five events, but it says it's nine. Yeah. And then, uh, like, oh, yeah, there's nine events in two days. Yeah, I was like, so, oh, savage. Um, I thought we were about seven. So I think accepting that, especially probably Monday to Wednesday, it's going to take some time to recover the CNS to start levelling yeah. out as well. Yeah. Um, so. And I think that's. So, so that's that's where you've also then got to be like right. If this is if I'm going to be um, recovering for the week after, and if I want to just take the foot off the gas a little bit the week before because I want to perform that a little bit better, what are the most important things that are coming up over these two weeks that I don't want to miss out? For example, like the back squat sessions that are in the program now, where it's kind of like we're in that five fives waves and the deadlifts and the strict press. To me, someone who wants to needs to build. Like some raw strength, I could really do with not missing one of those important sessions. Yeah. So that might just be a case of just moving a couple of them a little bit earlier and doing them a little bit away from sort of a few days before the competition, mm -hmm. so that obviously I'm not um, like too fatigued or sore them on the competition weekend, or making sure that you catch up on them. Say if it's the Monday when we've got the back squats, and you've competed Saturday, Sunday putting them in on um, like the Friday or Saturday or even like the Wednesday like I did like further on from the competition so you're able to have recovered and still hit those and it's just juggling those main things around a little bit for some people that, that might be the time under tension sessions if that's if gymnastics is your weakness like usually someone's either like strength gymnastics or engine weakness hence why we've got have different tracks so yeah. it's just picking those main sessions that you could really do with not missing and fitting them in around your schedule so you can still do them and do them well, which mm -hmm. is important. Not just do them, be able to do them and do them well so you're actually adapting on the thing that you need to adapt yeah. to. Agreed. That's good. Um, another example, and I'd probably take yourself or me, Steve. Say one of us was doing Arnold Fitness Games like a couple of years back, or say this year, Marbella. Um, and you want to prioritise that competition a bit more but not change your like training again too much, would there be a point where you would think, oh, I know my strength's in a good place from the past couple of months because that's been, you know, the particular focus, but on the conditioning side of things, you've been a good, again a couple of sessions in, but would there be a point when you would add an extra conditioning session in, or do you know what I mean? Anything yeah. like that? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and it would very much depend on how I how feel things have been going in the kind of four weeks leading up. If I felt that like my engine conditions in a good enough place, then mm -hmm. then I would probably just like top it up a little bit. If I was a little bit worried that it would maybe a little bit off where I'd be happy it, it being, um, then just starting working on that just a little bit uh, earlier. Um, but I think the main thing that if you've got a competition like Arnold Fitness Games there or like Marbella, the main thing is just exposing yourself to that competition intensity just for a few weeks prior to the competition. Yeah. Um, and that might just be as simple as just like hitting the whiteboard workout but just taking that little bit of extra time just to make sure that you can give it like a bit more juice than usual, mm -hmm. a bit more time just like planning and prepping, maybe going through the workout where you're like advancing the barbell or the dumbbells or like just something so it's like a little bit closer to competition. Um, and then maybe if you do have time, like take an hour or so's rest and just get like another little workout in there, maybe something that you think might be coming 
coming up with a competition, if it's like Marbella and there's a, like they said, there's a swimming event, like mm -hmm. there's your chance to like just do an extra little bit, something that might be a bit more specific to what's coming up. If there's release workouts, then fantastic, like you do one of them. Um, yeah, and it's just kind of like playing back to yourself, well, do I feel like I'm at that, a good enough level of fitness, so I'm happy competing, or do I still just need to like tweak things and do an, an extra little bit? Um, yeah. And that's why it's still important to hit the light bulb workout with some intensity on a Saturday, because that's one of your main gauges for where you, you're at. I know each week it's a different workout, but those sessions and the daily leaderboard sessions that are on the programme, those yeah. are going to give you those indicators, aren't they? Yeah. I think the main thing that what's different about from the programme, so I think most people all year round will be able to hit one workout a day to a good level and good intensity. Yeah. It's when you come to them live competitions where there's two, three, maybe four competitions in a day, that's the type of thing that you've got to expose you, you, your body to, yeah, and get used to kind of like what to do is recovery after, like get a shake or some light snacks and then like hitting some intensity again because that's that's the thing that starts separating people over a, a competition yeah. over a weekend who can recover well and like get the body moving to like the same intensity again. Um, so it's just like adding that little bit of, of extra in. And that might mean that you, if it's the Saturday, you just take a little bit off maybe like some of the accessories so you can save a little bit of juice so you can lift big do the whiteboard workout and do another workout and then you've pretty much done like a bit of a competition day there. Your body's kind of felt like the same like kind of stresses as it will. Mm -hmm. Regionals events like similar type, yeah. similar type thing. Um, so for a lot of people like that's enough to get them competition, competition ready. If it's just going to be a competition where, you know, it's still not be all and end all, but they want to do well. So mm -hmm. it's like up the notch a little bit. Yeah. <sighs> Next scenario, mm -hmm. I'm going all in. Going, going in. all in, it's going to be tech or... Yeah, Arnold. Donald, Dubai, Dubai, whatever you want to do. What have we got for him then? Yeah, so it depends on the time of year, doesn't it, really? It depends yeah. where this competition sits. Most competitions are in around the period we're in now or in the next couple of months where, ideally, you've come off the back of a full 12-month cycle to get to where you are now. And now it's just about keeping um, sharp and kind of making sure that you're as strong as you are fit. Your gymnastics are up there, like you, you, you're well-rounded, so that whatever comes up in the competition, you can perform and may, most of all be happy with your performance. Yeah. Um, this is why we've had the compete, we then called it competition-ready program in the past, and what we've got, we've got now. Um, is so that people can follow that competition phase style programming um, for those few month period where they need to be sharp for competition. I think uh, important to say as well that it, we usually program oh, you, for tech, for example, you've done an eight, eight week lead up to that. Um, why, why eight weeks? Why like that? Why that long? Why not four weeks? Why not? Do you know what I mean? Why not twelve weeks? Yeah. So, I think eight weeks is a good enough period of time for most people to be able to um, get themselves really in like competition, really get them competition ready. Yeah. Um, for some people that might just be six weeks mm -hmm. or four weeks. I think eight people, eight weeks will get people to that point. Yeah. 
you could probably you could probably go for longer, like you probably go for twelve weeks. But it's just like that's an extra four weeks then that you're losing out of potentially going through more develop developmental training, uh, rather than just like having training that's geared around what could come up at this competition. Mm-hmm. Um, so taking the tech um, preparation uh, as an example, how how does that competition programming? look different to GST athlete, like the yeah. development, de- developmental stuff? Yeah, it's just, um, everything's just closer on the continuum to like what competition looks like. Mm-hmm. So like the, the demands of competition where you're mixing maybe like barbell sessions with gymnastics, yeah. like you're doing relatively heavy snatches under high heart rate, um, you put in your higher skill elements under a bit more fatigue the things that you're going to be demanded of when you get to competition now they they aren't necessarily the most effective way to improve at gymnastics or weightlifting or your your energy systems by doing them that way but they're the most effective way of um adapting to when they are uh in those kind of like blends like we say when they're mixed together so it's just being like that little bit more specific, like they call it, tr- like train like fight. So you train how are you gonna compete, mm-hmm. um, so that you are adapted and you can uh, and you're exposed to what you're gonna come under as the demands of the competition. Yeah. So it'll get you fitter and more prepared for the competition, but it's not necessarily gonna get you uh, better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. at them in the long term and that that's always the 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 way up it's just like well that's what that's what we mean about in season and off season in season you're probably not going to be your strongest um you're probably not going to be your, your strongest or most maybe like longer aerobically fit but yeah. you're going to be your fittest for the demands of a competition and that's the that's the main thing yeah so we've got the tech comp prep tab which obviously if you're doing European champs, that gets you ready for that. But if you've got any other competition in around there, British Masters champs, British Teen champs, Arnold Fitness Games, you could probably adjust that program by shifting it one to two weeks either way um, to help you peak for that certain competition as well. If you were to take that program and put it at a, di- a different time of year, say for example, January in GST Athlete, it would look pretty similar, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like that's important to kind of know so if you have a competition kind of January between January and March April you probably don't need to kind of adjust the training for what's on GST athlete because it's pre-comp or competition phase yeah exactly I think it just comes down to just like it's a sliding scale of how much prep you want to do for the competition and how 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 little you want to disrupt your your development over the year. Yeah. Um, like people now, if they're doing tech, we've got a full program there to follow. If you want to be all into tech, but a lot of people who want to go all into tech, they've probably got their eye on semi-finals as well. <laughs> so it's like, right, well, do you want to go all in? If I could give you the option of like going all into tech and being on the podium, and then not qualifying for semi-finals because your strength was like a little bit off, or just like your skills were just a little bit off, would you take that, or give the option of doing good at tech but not going on the podium but qualifying for semis which would you take and depending on your answer there would depend on how much you would disrupt your training yeah. for tech for, for the lead up to tech whether you 
some people might just follow the weightlifting and strength of JST athlete and then do all the gymnastics and workouts um, from the tech prep. So they're like two thirds of the training's tech prep, one third is um, <coughs> JST athlete, or they might do stick to uh, for what I've told Jen Muir to do, for example, is keep the weightlifting and the gymnastics as it is in JST athlete, mm -hmm. and just switch out the conditioning for stuff that's more competition. Uh, focused, yeah. so she's getting that sharpness in competition, but then she's still just working on developing her strength and gymnastics. Um, or like, do you just want to throw in some last little bits last minute? Like, you just you just got to decide where you, where you're at on that scale. Yeah, and I think as long as you accept that yourself, whatever you decide is your priority, then it's you know, like like you said before. It tends to put your mind at ease. You still get more. You probably get more out of your training than if you were still humming and ahhing, kind of trying to make to these it, decisions. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Um, other specific scenarios with JST athlete as well. So we get those questions a lot about competition and how to organise training. Um, another uh, big question that gets asked is, if I'm a master, how do I adjust? JST athlete as well yeah. or do you have a master's program yeah. is the, the question that we get quite a lot yeah. the answer the straight answer is no we don't have a master's um program no. why don't we have a master's program we today? don't care about them no no i'm joking <laughs> no, no. i'm joking i'm joking <laughs> i think because in masters there's such a range of um a range of people yeah like I'm technically a master in um, <laughs> like a few months' time. Like if I enter the 2023 season, I'm technically a master for that season. Mm -hmm. Will my training suddenly change when it hits January the first? No. Yeah. Um, you know, will it change over a five-year period? Probably. Like probably. Uh, it's just I've just got to be constantly aware of what do I need to do more or less of in order to keep performing to the highest level. And that's no different to, to a general person who follows the program who's mm -hmm. 29 years old or 31 years old, 25. Like it depends what their job and lifestyle and other stresses in their life are. So just because they're a master in their age, well, we don't feel like that should need to um, mean that they do less or more of something, mm -hmm. but they can use the program and how we, how we write the program use it in their favor to be able to adjust it like everyone else on the program yeah. does in order to still follow it and still keep developing and still get the most out of their performances when, when they get to competition. Mm -hmm. What I would say is a general kind of rule, like masters, so we're talking people 35 plus have jobs, families, yeah. um, other things going on usually, unless they've got to like 55 plus and now they're retired. <laughs> Kids uh, 60 plus, yeah. Um, <laughs> most of the time, these people are juggling life more so than a 25-year-old. Um, so they maybe have less time to train. Mm -hmm. They maybe have less time to recover. Uh, they maybe have more disrupted, potentially disrupted sleeping patterns if they do have like young families. Um, so then it becomes like, right, <clears throat> how do I just train in now mm. to make sure... I can still keep performing and get the most out of the program uh, and get the most out of the bodies as possible. Um, and that 
which I'd give the same advice to a 27-year-old person, if they also had a young family, would be, okay, take a bit of time to transition between your busy life and training so that you can get yourself in the right headspace. If that means 10 minutes, use that 10 minutes to have that transition rather than cramming like those extra higher volume sets, let's say it was three to five sets of back squats, like do the three sets of back squats and take that 10 minutes that it would maybe take to do the extra ten, two sets, just to get yourself in the right mind frame, warm up that little bit more for the session so that you can transition from like hectic life into training more effectively so you can get more out of the training that you do do. Um, and though if, if that means that you're doing less back squat volume, then that might also be more beneficial for you if you're a master and you've got 25 plus years of um, sport, sporting mm -hmm. uh, through your body. Um, so yeah, it's just being smart with your, with your time and where you put your energy and not necessarily just trying to like hit the top end weights, like the intensities or the top end volumes in the program, the quality um, although we say this again to all the athletes in pro, the quality is more important than the quantity. Like, only do the quantity if you can keep the quality for the whole quantity. That's a lot of cues. <laughs> okay. Only do the full lot if you can do the full lot really well. Yeah. Um, and then so that you, you can you can chop and change program because some masters might go for a two month period where their life's no different to a twenty seven year old. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. But then they might go like, for, for me, for example, on Friday I was like, I was I was feeling it when we did the hypertrophy session with Jamie. I did three sets and not the five because I could just feel myself flagging. Mm. Like Jesse had had like a few, quite a few bad sleeps in the last couple of weeks and it caught up with me quite a bit. Yeah. So I did three instead of five. I could have done the five, but I would have just like not done it very well. I wouldn't have got the intensity that that session was asking from me. I managed to keep good intensity for three. If I opened that up to five, the Waste overall time. intensity of the session would have been lower. I wouldn't have hit the stimulus of that session out as much. Um, that the following week, Jesse might have slept better yeah. and I might be able to do five and I might mm -hmm. be able to, to hit the stimulus. So yeah. it's just always just being aware, um, taking responsibility to how you're feeling, what's going on in your life, and then adjusting your training based off the guidelines and the and the help that that we give you. I I also think with how we again program for the whole year, that that fits again for a master very well because there's time to, you know, break it down to foundations. Make sure you're not just constantly getting niggles from doing workouts all the time, and the addition of the movement mechanics that are now are in there as well. Again, another great you know tool to make sure that you're not you well you're keeping on top of any imbalances in you know potential niggles um all that sort of stuff so it's using the same resources that any other athlete needs but it's just applying it to your scenario and what's yeah going i think on. what people what people really struggle with and i know this because people at the training days and etc say it all the time is like accepting that taking the lower end range is um okay to do mm -hmm. and when does it be when does it cross the line of oh, I'm sandbagging this? Because yeah, that was the, it's the right thing to do. You know yeah, I mean? like what? Yeah, what's the right amount confused. that I should do based of what's going on right now? Yeah. Um, and this is where we could probably do with coming like a bit up with a bit of like a thought 
um, like thought chain to help mm-hmm. people come up with the right decision. But even I was having this discussion with like David and Emma last year, like, is it the right decision to do this session now? It's in the program, or do I just need to recover, like not do this session, or do less of this session and recover better to train better the next day? And there's just a lot of questions you've got to ask yourself to come up with the right the right answer in each situation and every situation's slightly different and do you know what you've got to do some stuff wrong sometimes to find out then you'll learn <laughs> you do have to learn yeah. yeah because as an example in the past there's no way I'm thinking about doing lower sets like no. a couple of years ago not a chance like but also in the past you if you had to do lower sets mm-hmm. Something's wrong, and yeah. then like you're not taking responsibility of something, yeah. which is meaning that you can't do the like the, the maximum training that yeah, you, sh- yeah. you should be doing. And I had the same conversation with Jamie, and he was like, he said to me, "Do you often pick like the lower sets?" And, you, and I said, "Sometimes it depends what's going on." Five years ago, not a chance. Yeah, like I'm doing the top sets, and I might even chuck in something else yeah. after. Next but it's just like straight. if I do that right now, I'm. I'm written off. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you saw Sammy T on the programme from Forest Flow. Mm-hmm. Got a post up a couple of weeks ago, a little story, just saying that he went through the motions a little bit on like some of the pull-up work. Mm. Um, and it meant that it wasn't... He's got a young family as well, quite a few little jobs that he's, he's juggling. And it meant that he could live to fight and train well the next day. And it's just like, live to fight another day. Mm. And it was just like, that's the perfect attitude for people who aren't full-time athletes. Yes. Yeah. Because that means that you can be consistent in your training, you can train the next day and you can keep developing. Yeah. Where if you had that little bit of a stubbornness as to like, no, this is what like Vander's gonna do, yeah. or like, this is what he's gonna do, like I need to follow what they're doing to get as good as them, I think it's like then you end up not being able to train the next day. Yeah. And then you're doing even less training than what you would have done if you just did a little bit less yesterday and you did more the next day. Yeah. To, and that's so the two things I become aware of is when it's for example with the building work going on in the house not like being able to make proper meals because you're not going to kitchen that sort of stuff when he's training the next day and there's max effort set at the end of it it's like I'm doing these squats and I'm just getting the bare minimum here but yeah. that's all good yeah, yeah, I've yeah. just got to accept yeah. that you know my preparation wasn't as good as what it you know had, could have been in the past um and the other thing that uh, I've recognised as well is um, when doing the like the tic tac sessions as well is towards them last couple of sets, it's almost on the verge of me like dropping off that cliff, yeah. and it's like right, we're stopping it one earlier as well. Yeah, yeah. Like that's so you already got a bit more in the tank for the next day, the next time you do it. And that's and that and that was it as well. So again, for example, them squats before, um, leaving them extra one or two reps yeah. in the tank for me is means that for the rest of the week yeah. I'm going to be on a more playing level playing field as we go through the entire week. So if I did that extra rep on the squats or. Yeah. On the lifting this morning, tried to push 95 again, 95, uh, like the heavier sets for the rest of the week. Like I was already feeling pretty bad today. Yeah, I know yeah. for the rest of the week it would just knock on, knock yeah. on, knock on. Um, but I also know that 
like this situation of you know not being able to sort my food and stuff as much yeah. isn't going to be forever. It's going to be for a couple sure of weeks. So it's yeah. it just is what it is. You're just yeah. going to make the best of it. I sort of see it as a like. There's a battery. You don't ever want your batteries to go dead because then you can't move. Yeah. So for the next day, if you're coming in with a dead battery, yeah. you're not going to get much done, are you? You know what yeah. I mean? You're going to have to kind of see it as you're going to have to get a new pair of batteries. Yeah, yeah. By the time you've got a new pair of batteries, it's next week. You've missed all that full week. Yeah. Instead of just draining yourself every day, every day draining yourself, yeah. think like, I need the extra 10% or like, yeah. in my training, it's like when it comes to workouts, I kind of give it 80%, 80 to 85%. <laughs> Just so I know, in my head, I'm always doing the workout. I'm not going to fully send it for what? Yeah. Like, com my next big competition is going to be either the Open or the Wadapalooza next yeah. year. That, what's that, yeah. seven? You need to make sure that your batteries are going into your, your shoulder work and yeah. the stuff that you're yeah, working on that's more yeah. important. Yeah. Rather than being like, oh, there's a workout up, I need to send it. It's like, no, I don't, like, if someone beats me, I'm not bothered because, yeah. like, deep down, you know in certain workouts, like, that person's lying on the floor. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel all right, actually. Yeah, I'm going to be all right tomorrow. Yeah. And that's, like, this is the whole, again, I said this with Jamie, um, just on the, on the Friday just gone is a lot of the time what will make my decision now is I'll think what I've, what do I have to do after this yeah. session so like we've got that tic tac session later on today it's four to six sets mm -hmm. what am I doing after this um, I've got to you know pack up going to get back home uh, look after Jesse and be with Jesse for an hour or two like maybe put him to bed as well and then it's going to go on to like eight o'clock so there's like three hours there where it's not going to be optimal recovery. I'm not going to be able to sit down on the couch, have a, like a perfect, yeah. I'm going to get some food in and I'm not going to be able to completely chill. It's just like if I feel like when I hit that fourth set, like I'm, I'm falling off the cliff gradually yeah. here. If I fully fall off the cliff and do full six sets for the sake of doing six sets, I'm not going to be able to, I'm going to be able to recover even less in the next few hours which is then going to have an effect tomorrow. If, for example, it's a Saturday and I know that maybe, like, let's say Fran's taking Jesse out for the for the day or Jesse's with, like, a nursery or grandparents and I've got four hours or so, a few hours or so after training where I can just completely relax, then I'm probably going to push the boat a little bit yeah, more yeah. and accept a little bit more of drop-off, mm -hmm. knowing that I can properly recover after this session. Yeah. Um, and it's like, usually that'll be the what makes my decision of whether I go all in, mm -hmm. whether I go all in but less sets, yeah. or I go all in and all the sets. Like yeah. That's what makes my decision most of the time, what, what I'm doing after training. Yeah. Recovery is key, my cheese. Yep. Uh, cool, that was good. Yeah. I think we'll wrap it up there. Yeah. Um, key, key messages, prioritise, awareness, of what's going on, not just in your training, but taking into account what's going on outside. Yeah. And, and accepting it. And aligning your behaviours to your goals. Again, comes back to that fantastic email I sent. <laughs> but like you align, like, you know, your house is quite an important thing. You put a lot of time and effort and money into it. So it's like, you're not gonna then prolong how long your house takes you because you've nailed training and nailed like five sets. Yeah, yeah, like you're gonna do three so you can still keep, like, yeah. and, that, and that's your priorities. That's aligning if if you're then trying to be like a games athlete individual and then you're um dropping training to go and sort your house then it's like mm, then it becomes a bit yeah. of a problem because like you're trying to do one thing but you're doing another and it, it you're not going to get anywhere 100 percent 
If I'm sending this tic-tac workout and I go home and I tell the joiner to put the knobs <laughs> in the wrong place, <laughs> yeah. my life's just not worth living. Yeah, because so. <laughs> I ain't going to be happy. Yeah. Cool. Thanks, guys. No problem. No problem. See ya. See ya. See ya. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and I hope that cleared up a few things or just kind of gave you a better insight as to you know, how GST competers come to where it is today and why we program the way that we do a little bit better and how we think. If you are a GST athlete, make sure you sign up to our circle community. We've posted links in the athlete group, whether you're an individual GST compete athlete or on one of our uh, group programs, you can have access to that. That's us trying to build up the community and give you a better awareness of everything that we do. And that means training tips, preparation tips, events that we've got going on, how our class program links in with our competitive programs and as well. So make sure you check that out if you haven't already. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you for the next episode.